Hey friends, and welcome to a brand new episode of Beauty Unlocked, the podcast. Just a quick message before we get to the episode. We have come to the end of our porn series with the lovely daughter of Lilith, but rest assured it won't be the last collaboration. There will be many, many more to come. I love how I'm using the word come twice. (laughs) And this is a special message for the daughter of Lilith. Thank you so much for being part of this journey with me. I am so honored to be your friend. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I am eternally grateful and I wouldn't want to do this with anyone else but you. To all of you listening and tuning in, thank you so much for being part of this journey as well. Thank you for all the feedback you've given us. You've encouraged us. You've shown us so much love and we are grateful. I know the daughter of Lilith, I I don't dare speak on her behalf, but I know that she's very thankful for all your feedback. With all that being said, are you ready? Mercury. Um, <laughs> hey, friends, <laughs> and welcome to a brand new episode of Beauty Unlocked. I'm here with my co-host, the daughter of Lilith. Yay! So we are here for part four, our final. It's the part. last one. It is of the porn series, not our last collab, though. The Definitely last, not. last of. I mean, we'll probably do more stuff on porn. It's just <laughs> we'll start a new series about it. You know, <laughs> you no know. Problem. I was just listening to your Halloween podcasts, and I have to say that I adore them. Um, and then I went to listen to our collaborations, mm-hmm. and I realized that there are times that, obviously, because I'm in Mexico City, there's like this lag, and there's mm-hmm. moments where I'm speaking over you, and people must think that I am the rudest human being ever, which I am, but no, no, not no. towards you. Yeah. <laughs> no, because it happened. It happens also because, like we said, there's that that lag, and also it happened when I was trying to edit the episodes, and I'm like, Fuck. <laughs> but a lot of times I've had to silence myself up. I'm like, out because I'm like, Carissa, let her fucking speak. Like, what the fuck, dude? Seriously? <laughs> no, um, dear friends, we have Mercury retrograde today. Uh, for all of you who are not astrologers like myself, that means that things technological things get fucked up so if you all of a sudden hear us going you know (laughs) it's probably our technology because we're so high tech here that um dude you should see how many fucking wires i have hanging off this thing i'm just like what's happening don't move it carissa because something's gonna happen well i hope that everybody has their coffee or you know pumpkin spice latte well, As, no, oh my actually, God. no, that's only on Sundays I get my pumpkin spice frappuccino. Today, it's just my cold brew in my, like, Starbucks did, coffee. Did you coffee. see how we both reached out for our coffees at the same time? Uh, I bet everybody else did, too. So, Oh, my God. <laughs> we're, we're ready for it. We're ready for it. We are ready for it. It's our last episode, um, and it Let's is it pornography, epic. and its role in society, and is it pornography's job to teach us morality what say you carissa do tell first of all let's let's kind of define what morality is and what morals are so how would you define them i found a whole bunch of 
obviously uh, from Wikipedia and different like dictionary, online dictionary sources and stuff, but how would you define morality and morals? Well, it's kind of a contended issue, isn't it? Because morality usually, and I have the definition right here from Merriam Webster that says, a particular system of values and principles of conduct, especially one held by a, specific, by a specified person or society. Mm -hmm. The definition between right or wrong, good or bad behavior. Yes. What about you? I got this. I actually got the same same one. (laughs) I have the same definition when you said it. I was like, yep, that's the one that I have. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so yes. So what like what is right and what is wrong? Now, this also go because I went into like a spiral and I went down into the whole thing of like, okay, then came up like ethics, mm-hmm. values, and all of that. But honestly, we're not going to give everybody like a headache going deeper into like the values and all this and what it means and all that. Hopefully you guys, you guys know, I know you guys know what all that bullshit and shenanigans is about. So do I believe... For me and from the research that I found, um, I I would say that again, and I've said it before, um, it's okay to watch porn. There's no problem. You know, we all watch it. Um, We even discussed that, you know, we watch it in a way that's very subjective in the sense of we're just not for sexual pleasure or arousal, but just to watch what's happening, you know, in porn. or in, in porn videos and everything. Um, so there's no problem in watching porn. The thing is that it can become an addiction and some people do have an addiction to watching porn. And this is where it kind of carries on over to their private lives and how it gets affected. Now, again, we have to ask the question, what's a porn addiction? How would we, what, what would we deem a porn addiction? I mean, for you, what do you think porn, like a a porn addiction would be or consists of? How many times would you say is way too much, let's say, or? Yeah, that's a really good question. I kind of want to support you on the other statement that you said. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it's okay to watch porn. I think that it is actually even natural to watch porn. We are by nature not only sexual beings, but we also are curious beings. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's nothing wrong with watching pornography as long as you are hyper aware of what you're watching. You know what I mean? I think that that's the important thing. Um, Porn addiction is interesting. And again, it's like, how do we avoid going into this rabbit hole of what addiction actually means? Because, you know, in psychology and psychiatry, I can tell you that, you know, addiction is seen as something that will start affecting your life and Mm -hmm. to the point that you would rather watch pornography and masturbate than have sex with your partner Mm -hmm. or you would rather stay home and masturbate and watch porn uh, rather than you know going out and having a couple of drinks and I think that here and there doing that like being with yourself is absolutely fine I think that masturbating is not only the best thing that you can do for yourself Um, has a variety of health benefits as well. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think that when you, it starts interfering with your daily life, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that that is worth looking into. You know yeah. what I mean? Or when 
you're constantly disappointed in your sexual life um, and you look for pornography as an escape, I think that that is something worth looking into. Would you say, though, because in the research that I found, I did see that um, a lot of people who did have, let's say, would watch quite regularly to a point of where it became an addiction, Mm -hmm. um, porn, where it did, they had this kind of, they weren't satisfied because they kind of go into this world of porn where they forget it's fantasy. Everything that we see in porn is no different than when we go watch an action movie or a romantic movie. It's fantasy. It's all based on what somebody decided there's a director, there are the actors. Again, we're not going to get into the whole thing of whether it's consensual or all that. That's other <laughs> that's other things. But in the mm-hmm. sense of it's all fantasy. And I think that sometimes we, well, for, for somebody who maybe is addicted to porn, they kind of forget that this is a fantasy. They kind mm-hmm. of get into this thing of where it's a reality. And... Um, so then they become more and more dissatisfied with their own personal sex lives or they might not have a sex life because they get, let's say, anxiety from it to actually yeah. have physical contact with a human being, um, to actually ha- make eye contact with another human being. Whereas in porn, you're just sucked into this world. There's nothing expected of you. Whereas when you're dealing with real human beings in, in that you know, in a sexual manner, something's expected of you. You know, you're going to be not performing, but you're going to engage in the act of sex. No, but I think that that's a, I think that's a very valid point, Carissa, because we keep forgetting that sex is an exchange of, be it pleasure, be it love, being the ability to communicate things that we don't want to communicate verbally. Mm -hmm. We use our bodies to convey a message. And I think that that is a very, I mean, that's a very good point. The, The fact that it becomes an expectation of, well, you also have to not deliver the goods because that sounds like there's a lot of pressure, but it's just you are expected to interact with a human being other than your hand. You know what I mean? Like you are expected to, to verbalize what you want Mm -hmm, in a certain mm -hmm. way. Yeah. And I think that this is probably a good way of leading the, the point of view to this philosophical aspect, I guess. I don't know if it's philosophical or if it's just, you know, me rambling, but you know, it's, um, how, can we use pornography positively? Like, how can we... Look, pornography's not going to go away. Like, no. it's just not. No. There's a I don't care. <laughs> I don't care how many people will tell me that, you know, it's wrong and we need to get rid of it. It's never going to go away. And I would rather have it be out in the open and regularized. Yes. Um, and protect the actors and the actresses, mm-hmm. specifically the actresses, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but how can we use it as a positive tool? Like, how can we use it perhaps in sexual education, perhaps in couple therapy? And I'm think I'm sure that there are therapists out there that do use pornography as a way to maybe explore or ease into intimacy, because ultimately I think the issue here is that people are terrified of vulnerability they're terrified yeah. of intimacy yeah of being looked in you know being looked at 
Well, that's and... why it's the thing with porn, isn't it? That 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 doesn't matter. I mean, the sense of especially mm. people who have a, a who do watch porn quite regularly to the point of where you know it's where they're just passively there. They don't have to have human interaction, human connection, human anything. Yeah. They're just there, you know. Um, so there's no pressure at all. Which then, of course, like it goes into, I mean, in your, in, then in your real life, in your private life, you're going to have issues. You won't be able to form human connections. Yeah. This, is, this is the thing. But of course, you could use, yes, like porn. Again, like you said, you made some very valid points. We can use porn in a positive way. Um, and, it's, and like you said, porn is never going to go away. There's a demand for it, so there's going to be a supply, you know. Um, and I do believe that, yes, like there are, I, I think, oh God, I can't remember the name. Names, they fail me. But anyway, um, <laughs> names, they fail me at this point. But he was, he was a therapist, and he started, um, and he was saying, oh, God, why am I, seriously, it doesn't matter, Mercury. You're not, you're not my friend. Um, but in the sense of he was saying that he started saying to couples in couple therapy to actually watch porn because it's in a way to explore what you might be interested in, you know, mm -hmm. it, and, and to explore with your partner. I mean, here we're talking about couples therapy where both partners are consenting to watching porn in exactly. order to explore other sides of what they might like, what they might not like, what they would like to try, um, having an open conversation. This is why he was saying he, 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 he would recommend to, to his patients and to these couple patients, well, to, his, um, to these couples to watch porn so that they could have an open discussion. Their wants, their needs, their likes, what they might not like, and, and so on and so forth. That's really interesting. Um, was it Kinsey? Kinsey, no, but I did read a, a study about Kinsey back in 1948. I, I fucking live for Kinsey. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. the Kinsey report is, like, one of the greatest yeah. things ever. Yes. Um, I don't know. I feel like this is where it gets really tricky mm. because we cannot discuss pornography without talking about one of my favorite subjects, which is religion. Ooh. Oh. And... <laughs> and how people interpret the good book in saying and condemning harlots, basically. Yeah. Let's remember, guys, 101 recap. Let's review. First episode, pornography comes from the Greek word pornographos, which mm -hmm. means writing about harlots. Yeah. That is hot. Yeah. Um, it is. Actually, it should be a series. <laughs> <laughs> I, fucking, I fucking love etymology. Oh, yeah. So it's just kind of like one of those things that I'm like, ooh, arousing. Um but it's one of those things where it's like, if we are condemning pornography as being immoral, are we then basing ourselves on a religious fundamental ground, which bothers me? Because I shouldn't be basing my views based on a book that was written by dudes who mm. just wanted to, you know, claim what was right and what was wrong. And I think that that opens a whole other Pandora's box yeah. of who gets to say what's good good or bad yeah you know behavior yeah um so if my question is in an alternate universe if we didn't have religion right would we have issues with things like pornography 
would we have issues with things like violence? Would we have issues with, you know, all these things? And I don't know, like, how much are we saying we're not religious beings Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and at the same time conducting ourselves as religious beings when we judge people and say, but you do pornography because I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's good. If we're saying pornography is immoral or moral, that means that we are basing it on a book of laws that I had nothing to do with. Yeah. Yeah. And in all honesty, I don't, well, yeah. See, that's a good question. That's a, that's a <laughs> whole different discussion. Now I'm like starting to think and I'm like, oh Lord. I mean, the thing, <laughs> and to, okay. This, and let's say this, that we don't judge people who watch porn because we all, well, I'm saying we all, no, I can't generalize. We don't all watch porn. Some people just don't want to watch porn and that's fine. We don't say like, yeah, you exactly. should watch porn, like go and watch porn. We are very open to the fact that we do watch porn um, and we mm-hmm. have nothing wrong. I mean, there's nothing wrong in watching porn. Um, only when it starts kind of taking over your more social life and your interactions with other human beings. Um no, it's the or point. you start acting like an idiot and forgetting the word consent, which there's many, many people <laughs> out there. <laughs> Here's the thing: this is a little bit on the sidetrack of it, yeah. but this is where I think pornography could be used as a potential positive tool. Mm-hmm. So, do you remember when the HIV crisis started happening mm-hmm. and the porn industry? was the first one to and i think it was vivid dreams i don't know if it was vivid dreams whatever company it was that it was the biggest at the time. Yeah, yeah and they started making their artists their artists mm-hmm. <laughs> use condoms yeah and what people started realizing was that a lot more men were starting to use condoms mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there we go. Pornography was used positively. Positively, yeah. I went on to... I... I'm going to make a little confession here. Yes. So I went on to Pornhub yesterday. Ooh. Been a while since I I've did. been there. <laughs> I, well, you know. This is not, you know, sponsored by Pornhub, Pornhub. But if it wants to pay me, I mean, by we're all means. Here. We're I'm here. here <laughs> I'm like, we're like, here for we're it. We're here for it. Um, they should put us on their board. Like, we would be really good at, at ideas. Anyway... The point is that I was watching porn, not for studying, but for pleasure. Mm -hmm. And this pop-up ad comes up and I'm just like, here we go. It's going to be super violent and horrific. I don't want to watch it. No, it's actually encouraging people to stay home, wear masks. Oh, boom. There you go. It was fucking genius. And I was just like, this is hilarious. And I thought about sending it to you. I didn't. I got distracted. (laughs) But the point is. You're forgiven. (laughs) The point is. I was like, priorities, Olga. Um, But it was just that. It was the fact that they are promoting certain social behaviors. And I think that when it comes to consent, it would be. Do you know how sexy it is to be with someone Everything is getting hot and heavy. And they ask you, what do you want me to do to you? God damn it. Has that happened to me? No, probably not. No. It happened to me once and I cannot tell you the incredible orgasm that I had because I felt safe. Yeah. Because I felt, you know, heard. Yeah. I felt 
really good. Mm -hmm. And it was incredible. And I think that if you made consent sexy, yeah. if you knew how to like incorporate it in your sort of flirtatiousness, yeah. I think a lot you know, of people would be having start... a lot more orgasms, that's for sure. For sure. Because <laughs> if you guys haven't understood yet that we, we, we do find consent very sexy. No. Oh. There is nothing sexier than consent. Okay. Yeah. I mean, in all honesty. Um, God, I need to. I'm going to actually like watch Pornhub later on and see this. Like, if there's that, po- that pop up, I'm going to be like, where's the pop up? I'm going to be expecting it. Because the. So that's. The last time I was on Pornhub, <laughs> what was popping up for penis enlargements? And I'm like, oh, what the fuck is I don't this? Need that. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Number one, I don't have one and I don't need it to be enlarged, you know. And please, please, for those of you who do have a penis, please, please, like, go and listen either to my October like episode or something because no, just don't do it. Don't do it. Just don't do it. <laughs> you don't need. A donkey dick, okay? Like, just know how nope. to use it. That's it. It, it's, it doesn't matter. Just d- don't do those, like, penis enlargements and don't go and take, I don't know what kind of pills or whatever they're advertising. Just don't do it. Please, don't. That's my thing as well. I think, and here's another thing. I think, I'm pitching all these ideas to Pornhub. I hope that they're listening. Um, I am wondering if we could use pornography to also have an impact on body positivity, but not to the extent of, you know, I think, I think full figured women deserve to feel wanted and they deserve to, you know, be hot and heavy and and have a really sexy guy. This idea that that bigger women don't get hot guys is such a lie. It's bullshit. Um, Quite, it's, absolute it's horseshit. Absolute bullshit. Um, but it's not what we see in the media. And I think that it would be really fucking sexy if I was able to see, you know, a normal looking woman being spoken to really sexily. You know what I mean? Like, because again, I think that pornography can be used positively. And again, I mean, religious people might tell me or, you know, proper people i'm using air quotations here guys, proper people i <laughs> rather you know i don't know what proper, proper people, means <laughs> um they could argue that it's still promoting violence but i think that those are aspects that we need to change and here comes the delicate point because we talked about it in the wap episode yeah sometimes we want sex to get rough we want sex to be a little bit more raunchy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and we that's the importance of consent and that's the importance of the safe word so I don't know it would be interesting to open this to um, to the audience I think that I would like to hear what they have to say and what they have to do with all of that so I think it would be a good idea to open the discussion to the audience and see what they think pornography could be used as. Because if it's going to be here, we might as well just use it positively for communities 
And I think especially young adults, I think that the importance of kids to understand that a sex is like, you know, like pornography is a fantasy. B it's the importance of consent. Again, I cannot reiterate that the importance of having a fucking safe word, the importance of it's okay. If you want to have a tender encounter, it's okay to be sensitive. It's okay to be emotional. It's also okay to ask someone to choke you a little bit. Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. There is nothing wrong with a little bit of choking and spanking (laughs) and so many other things. (laughs) I know. We're going to start listing all our things. In my mind, I'm like, there's nothing wrong with any of that, actually. (laughs) But again, it's consensual. You have discussed it with your partner, you know? Yeah. Um, And yeah, but. Yeah, let us know actually, and let us know because now our videos are posted up on YouTube, so you guys can leave comments there. You can also like send it to us, you know, on Instagram. Let us know what you think, um, and tell us what you think and how porn can be used in a positive way. Let us know. Tell us. Be verbal about it. Sorry. Um, I think that that idea that you sent me about incels and stuff like that—that we should do that. I think so. I think that we need more attention because man, are they? They're the they're ninety nine percent of the trolls that we see online. That's the, you know what yes, I mean? Absolutely. It's also really sad. Like I, there's a part of me that feels really bad for these guys because it's like, what had to happen in your life for you to think that acting like this is okay? To to. And the worst thing is, is that they will always find a woman that will settle for that. And it's just kind of like, oh, girls, you deserve so much more than that. That's, that's the thing. <laughs> what was it that I, you I mean, deserve. listen, the thing is, it's like, what was, what was it that I posted? When was it like last week? And you saw, I sent you the screenshot of what the guy said to me. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know that I, I didn't explode on him, but we were bitching about him. That's oh my sure. God. But this is the thing. And, I, and I'm going to. And I'm going to go off on a little tangent here. So you can omit this as well if you want to. But I am so sick and tired of people hiding behind this banner of positive vibes and let's vibe, you know, properly and let's bring the truth forward. I'm like, which fucking truth? Your truth? Because you are selling yourself like this, you know, really positive person and this like you know, love and light and, you know, the planets and all this shit. But you shit. have internalized and every... misogyny and you have toxic masculinity and you got small dick energy. And, well, that and an upset and they all have an obsession with their mothers. Like they all have this thing about their mothers. And I'm just like, guys, do you understand that you cannot marry your mother? Like we, you can't. I, I love my mom. Yeah. I love my dad. I'm not obsessed with them. The thing is that I don't think that a lot of people under a lot of people, uh, these men, we'll just say like these men, cisgendered men um, who are just like they give you compliments like, oh, you cook as you know, you're you're I don't know, like uh, you do this, whatever it might be like my mother. And it's like, is that supposed to be a compliment? Like your cooking is like as good as my mother's. And it's like. And you know what? Psycho- like psychologically speaking, I can see that, and this does link to pornography. Yeah. So, if you want, we yeah. can leave this pic- these comments. Um, I think that for the most part, complimenting somebody, and it's usually a female that they compliment, mm-hmm. 
um, my LGBTQIA community out there, please comment back and, yeah. and set me straight if I'm wrong. Um, but in heteronormative relationships, which is what I am mostly familiar mm-hmm. with, um, the mother is always associated with the home. Mm-hmm. And the mother is always associated with shame mm. because you internalize the mother. And there's this constant compass, like inner compass that tells you, you don't verbalize it like, oh my God, what would my mother say if she found out that I did this? Yeah. But what you're tapping into is your inner mother yeah. saying, oh my God, this is bad. Like you associate the mother with a home yeah. and ironically with shame. And that's, this is the, like the sort of diorama that you can see. Cause obviously you can associate her with safety and yeah. love. And that's if you have a good that's mother. A, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If you're lucky enough to even have a mother. Exactly. Um, and that the reason why I mentioned this and why it links to pornography and morality is because usually pornography use is shamed. Yes. It is shunned. It's Taboo. like, how dare you yes. look at pornography? Yeah. And it's like, guys, honestly, we're all here because our parents shagged. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Like, our parents, and I can assure you that our parents fucked more than once. Like, <laughs> you <Yeah. know? laughs> That's true. Like, yep. it's, just, it's just, you know those hot, steamy nights that you have with your partner or with whomever you're taking home? Your yeah, parents, parents probably did it as well. Too. Yep. Like, I'm just, let's be real here. And hopefully, we are adults, at their age, they're still shagging somehow. Like, I don't care. I don't care if they're like 90 years old because I am looking forward to being 90 and still rubbing one out. Like, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't I care. <laughs> if it takes me 10 minutes now, it's going to take me like 45 minutes, but God damn it, it'll be worth it. <laughs> I'm getting a mental. <laughs> I'm getting a mental image. <laughs> now it's going to be difficult. I won't have my fucking teeth. I won't have my hair probably. Let me tell you, I don't I even mean, remember my name. You know how some men complain, oh, less teeth, less teeth, right? Well, it won't be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We've gone. We've gone. <laughs> Lord Jesus, save me. <laughs> I now I have it like all oh my god no I have like such a mental image of all that going on right now me removing like my teeth and just putting them on the nightstand (laughs) okay wait I gotta stop I mean it's true what can I say I think yeah like you said um, everything that you you did um, say you know in a way like that the thing is that we learn a lot of stuff obviously from from our parents and yeah if we had parents um and they walked in on us watching porn kind of thing a lot of parents immediately would shame us so of course we yeah. would have that you know association of like porn equals shame or watching porn equals shame or masturbation equals shame you know because our parents might have walked in on us whatever a family member who knows might have walked in on us and you know 
would have shamed us for whatever we were doing, whether it be watching porn, whether it be like rubbing one out, whatever yeah. it might be. So yes, like, and so we associate it. We might not like verbalize it, like you say said, you know, um, but it's internalized. It's there. It's and I remember. Do this is how okay. So you know how my mama like was Catholic. She grew up in a very Catholic family and stuff like that. Yeah. I remember. This is how it was for me as um, as a teenager. You know when you're you're starting to to learn and you're starting to experiment with things and all that. Um, and also having gone to like Catholic school for two and a half years of my life did not help either <laughs> because sex yeah. education for us was you will wait until marriage. That's it. There was nothing more than that. And at home, it's such a toxic message. Yeah, and then at home it was like, oh, well, sex education will be, you know, um, my parents did not talk to us about it. It's the, you know, it's the school's job to teach you sex ed education. Okay, fair enough. That's besides the point. But anyway, so I had to learn fumble and stumble along the way these 37 years. Okay, mm -hmm. like let's say these past 20 something years that I've been having whatever sex and whatnot. But I remember how I grew up <clears throat> in a way kind of sheltered. Um, but at the same time, so the first time I kissed a guy, I was 15 years old. And I still remember this. It was at a comida in Mexico. <laughs> Oh, those comedians. Let me tell you the shenanigans that would go on, okay? Seriously. And a lot of drinking. Um, but I, I remember that was the first time I kissed a guy. And I remember the next day on Saturday, because obviously the comida was on a Friday. So on Saturday, um, I, was, I was sitting on the couch watching TV and my mom came into the room and I was so ashamed that I like kissed a guy because that's how I grew up, right? So from Catholic school, they're saying, you're not gonna be having sex until you're married. You're not gonna be doing anything until you're married. And my parents not being verbal and open about sex whatsoever, I had this shame in me. And I was like, oh my God, I can't look at my mother because what is she gonna say? She's gonna know that I like, you know, kissed a guy or whatever. So it was like this whole thing of anxiety, of stress, of shame, because I just, had my first kiss at 15, yeah. you know? And I was like, what is my mother? I didn't even think about what my dad, I don't even know if my dad was around. He was probably somewhere else, but I mean, my dad was present in my life, but he was probably away on a trip or something. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I was so ashamed of that first kiss. It's so, you know, and it's just like what you were saying, you know? And it's those things that are supposed to be magical yeah. and those things that are supposed to be, you know, special. That's what they tell you. That's, that's what Disney tells yeah. you, right? Like, your first kiss is going to be, like, the only kiss that you will ever have. No. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely no. not. No. That definitely was no. not it. Um, I think that when it comes to... It's interesting because that I'm actually... I'm actually really impressed with how my mom handled... And my dad... Like, inadvertently, my dad was also contributing to this general acceptance of sexuality in the household right so I have older brothers and I think honestly in retrospect my parents did a very honorable job in keeping the house equal yeah. my brothers did have a curfew they were expected to respect that mm -hmm. curfew it was a little bit later than mine obviously mm -hmm. um, but I didn't 
I understand why they mm-hmm. did that. And I still don't accept it. I think that if my brothers were able to come back at two in the morning, for example, I should have been able to come back at two yeah. in the morning. But they also didn't make it ridiculous. Like they weren't like, you need to be back by 9.30 yeah, yeah, yeah. when I'm leaving at yeah. eight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was just be back by midnight or I'll turn into a pumpkin. Um, but when it came to sexuality, when it came to pornography, when it came to all those things, it was fair share. Like I remember teasing my mom once and I was just like, mom, I'm going to close my door. Don't interrupt me because I will be watching pornography. <laughs> I am going to go on pay-per-view and buy soft corn, like soft corn. Do you remember pay-per-view? Soft porn, not soft corn. I don't know why the fuck I thought about soft corn. I'm hungry. I don't know. I love it. I'm going to, now I'm going to be like, whenever I go to Pornhub, I'm going to be looking for soft corn. Um, But my mom, instead of like losing her Mm -hmm. shit and being like, how dare you? It was, and I was kidding. I wasn't even, of course I wasn't going to yeah. do it. You know what I mean? Cause I was, I wasn't that ballsy. My mom was like, okay, well I won't knock on your door until you're, you know, until you're yeah. out. And I was just like, that is not the response that I was expecting. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome though. And, That's awesome. Right. And without batting an eyelash, my mom was like, look, if your brothers can do it, so yeah. can you. And I was just like. That is awesome. Mom! That's awesome. And her, the biggest, yeah, I know, the biggest insult that I could, <laughs> that I could have given my mom when I was 15. So this is like, what, 22 yeah, years ago? 22 years ago. Oh my 22 God. 22 years ago. 22 years ago? Yeah. 22 years ago, I was calling her a feminist. Because my mom was like, I'm not a feminist. <laughs> well, because again, like a lot of people associate feminism with a dirty word, which it is not, you know, exactly. but you know, yeah. Exactly. And now my mom is like this like pro-choice, like, you know, incredible, incredibly vocal woman. And I'm just like, mom, what happened? (laughs) (laughs) And then I did, I did ask her and it's, oh, it's kind of an emotional moment, guys. I'm going to share it with you. But she just looked at me and she's like, you happened. Aww. Oh, that's sweet. I know. I know you're going to make me cry. My mama. Aww. I miss my mama, but oh well. Life happens. That happens. Um, But yeah, see, like, I didn't have... First of all, my parents just had three girls. We were all girls in the family. So you can only... <laughs> <laughs> so you can only imagine <laughs> the shit, right? But then, <clears throat> yeah, having open and honest discussions recently, since my mama passed, she passed in September... Um, for those of you who don't know, um, but um, and so a lot of stuff started, a lot of things started. We started being more open, especially with my mother's side of the family, my uncle and stuff like my mm-hmm. uncles and aunties and stuff like that. And my uncle, when he came here um, last year to visit us, he told us a lot of things, you know, that we were shocked because we didn't know, and a lot of family secrets. And I remember turning to my sister and I was like, oh, I thought we were bad. Oh, no, no, no. What we did was like, compared to a lot of shit that the family did, I was like, oh, shit. And I felt shame for this for years. knowing, but no, now I know where I get all that shit from now. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like a whole, like a lot of opening up. And I'm like, hold up. What? It's interesting, isn't it? How everything is connected. Because you just brought up a really good point. We assume that we know everything about no, our parents. Yes. We mm. assume that we know everything about our society exactly. that we are raised in. Like, 
we assume that people have our best interests because that's what we've been told, that the government is there to take care of you, yeah. that teachers are there to take care of you, that your parents, you know, they're these one-dimensional beings that, you know, are just here to mm -hmm. raise you. And I think it links to pornography because I think we want to make pornography one-dimensional. Yeah. Pornography, I think... If I had to summarize this incredible series of pornography that we've done, and I cannot thank you enough for giving me the opportunity to to collaborate with you. Pleasure. Is the fact that pornography wraps society completely. What you see in pornography is the dirty secrets that everybody's hiding in society. Yeah. The fact that we do aspire to be violent, mm -hmm. the fact that we do aspire to never ask someone yeah. what they want, the fact of being selfish, the fact of, you know, profit for yes. suffering, all of these things, pornography wraps mm -hmm. around. But I still believe we need pornography. I think that, like, we do, and I don't, and again, if we have any sex workers out there or, you know, former sex workers out there who are listening to us, please do share your, your views. I think that the reason why we shun sex workers I think we should actually honor mm -hmm. them. I think we, I, I, if I had a school, I would yeah. bring them in. I would bring them in to talk to the kids yeah. and be like, this is the reality of yes. some people. Yeah. And sometimes they're not ashamed yeah. of it. Sometimes, you know, like your dad going to a job from nine to five and they have a, they have to hustle as well. There is no shame and in sex work. I, that is, that, none. There is, you know, um, and again, that's. None. If it is your choice, sometimes, unfortunately, it happens that there are circumstances where it's not your choice. Yeah. But here we're just talking about sex workers. They've made their mind. This is what I want to do. The same thing with um, with exotic dancing and all that kind of stuff. There is no judgment, you know, um, in it. None. Uh, and no, there, there shouldn't be. be. And that's yeah. the thing. And And... I mean, if you want to really have a healthy community of adults, of consenting mm -hmm. adults in terms of, of sex, I think that you need to start having a serious conversation with your sex workers. I think that you need to have a serious conversation with your LGBTQIA mm -hmm. leaders. I think that you should be having conversations with women who are every day consistently trying to claim their sexuality mm -hmm. back and same with men i think men we have vilified men so much as well but i also think that society has failed of course. i think that when we don't give a safe space for young men to show well they're not supposed well that's the thing society doesn't want them dangerous well, society doesn't want them you're supposed to be a manly man you're not supposed yeah. to be in touch with your emotions your feelings what the hell is that you know what i mean for a man yeah. you're not supposed to cry so yes, they are victims as well. Society has failed uh, men, you know, because they can't express themselves. They're supposed to repress that feminine part, feminine part of themselves, you know, and they're just supposed to be yeah. completely, I don't know, these robots, let's say. You're not supposed to have any kind of emotion and you're not supposed to, you and not really communicate. You can't even communicate your emotions. What do you, you know, not showing them and don't communicate. Mm -hmm. There's, there shouldn't be any of that, so yes. Society has failed men. A lot of people would think that we hate men. No, we don't hate men <laughs> at all. At know? all. We just like real, yep. honest, yep. raw, 
emotional men. And emotional doesn't mean a negative word. I would rather walk into my house and find my partner Mm -hmm. crying because something really fucking hurt, like frustrating or painful Mm -hmm. happened than walking in and be met by a fucking brick wall that doesn't want to talk and then unleashes, you know, his wrath with 10 beers and you know, shuts himself in a well, man cave. completely key. starts, That's like, not breaking healthy. shit and kind of, like, you know, punching walls and just getting yeah. a little bit violent. No, like, you know, we want somebody who's just open to communication, doesn't matter, have a good cry, it's all good. There's nothing wrong with a good cry at all. I want to challenge, just to, you know, if you want to start wrapping up the episode, I want to challenge porn creators to, who might be listening to this, to raise the bar and start bringing consent into a tangible form of pornography. Because my concern here is if pornography sees consent as a turnoff, then what the fuck are we selling? That's my challenge. I want to see raunchy pornography that has the guy you know, I already have the idea. Like I should, you should. I was about director. to say you should. Like, <laughs> like I need volunteers for a porn. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no shame. No sh- I would. There Absolutely. No shame. Um, <laughs> but really, no, like, you know, just if you are into, you know, heterosex, right? The, the guys like whispering and panting in your ear, like, what do you want me to do? Tell me what tell me what you want me to do. But use your dirty words. Or shit like that. Like that's fucking that arousing. Is, you know what I mean? Is. Like that's like I mean, I want to see people exactly expressing their <laughs> wants, expressing their needs openly, <laughs> not kind of like a guy is there coming to, yeah. I don't know, um, fix your goddamn washing machine, and then all of a sudden his pants are off and you're giving him a blowjob. I'm sick and tired of seeing those kind of scenarios. Yeah, that's weird. I want to like, see you at not you but you know what i mean <laughs> like asking me man i can do it yes. <laughs> like i want you to ask me what the hell is it that you want me to do to you you know and it's that's fucking hot it's fucking hot also i don't know if you ever read and this is this is my bibliophile Ooh. coming out and i know that Anne rand is like seen as this terrible woman whatever i don't care the book the fountainhead is the incredible fountainhead. there's one scene Yes, there's one scene that the woman walks in, like, she walks into this office, and it's this guy. I'm not going to ruin it for anyone, but he's like, well, what do you want? And she throws, like, she just puts her bag down, and she's this power woman as well. Like, that's what I liked. It's like, she is, like, top-notch alpha female. And she's like, I want you to ravage me. I want you to do X- Y, Z. And she lists the things that she wants to do. And the guy is just like. (laughs) It's like his fantasy was coming to real life. And he was just like, oh, my God, what? And he walks up to her and says. You wait. And then he later on does it to her. Ooh. And I'm just like, yes! Oh my God, that's hot! Yes! <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. He made her work for it. 
But she also put it on the table, and I thought that was the sexiest That's fucking hot, thing. so Cause the she had given head him. just said, huh? I'm, like, writing this down. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, well then. What did you say, and what? And Rand. So let me send it to you, because it's A-Y-N, and then Rand. And she's hated by everybody, politically, because she had these really weird political views. But that fucking book... I thought was well, really then, good. Like, guess what? I need yeah. to. I need to order that because that sounded. That sounded. <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> Which page is this on? Like, Tell me page this from page this. I need to know exactly. Which actually, when I was doing the porn research, <laughs> the porn research, mm. when I was doing research and everything, <laughs> it's funny how I can't, oh, I think it was on Psychology Today, but they were saying apart from visual stimulation yes actually watching porn now there's a rise of um audio um erotica and everything and i'm just like that yeah and i'm just like it's true though because i remember there's this podcast i listen to and they do (laughs) they do a lot of and i'm just like because you know what this is what this is what i okay fair enough like yes we are visual creatures and everything and sometimes though i feel that we lose the power of our imagination. So when yeah. you are either reading an actual book, I miss, I mean, a lot of people are just like, well, you can just get that on the internet. And I'm like, no, I like to feel a book. I want to smell the book. I want to feel it, you know? Um, there's a whole like ritual to it here. I don't want to be scrolling on the fucking whatever Kindle or whatever the hell it is. Um, but uh, saying that like you can imagine it, you're using your imagination. Yeah. The same thing when somebody, you know, uh, the whole thing of erotica, listening to whether it's po- podcasts that do erotica or whatnot, audio versions. I just feel like you're so, you're actually using your imagination instead of somebody putting in your face exactly what they think. This, yeah. person, this character should look like or this per- or whatever, you have the power to create that person in your mind of what they you know, even if somebody's describing or giving the physical features, saying this, 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 and this is, you know, at least you have the power to imagine it, to create it for yourself. That is such a good point. And uh, I could talk about this. If you guys want an episode of erotic literature, we can have an erotic literature Um I'm putting my hand up. I want it. I would listen to you. Oh, yeah. No, there's <laughs> another book that I think you would... <laughs> There's um there's an incredible incredible book and I think that my former students might know about this. Um it's Angela Carter uh The Bloody Chamber. Angela and she Carter. takes fairy tales and writes her own. So for example, one of my favorite ones is obviously The Snow Child which is based on Snow White, but it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. And then you have, um, in contrast, you have the story of the Tiger's Bride, which is about Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Yay, it started. Hey, friends. Okay, so this is the deal with everything. We had a bit of a technical issue yesterday, but that's just because Mercury was, well, not on our side. Um, And so we had to stop, and (laughs) we're going to start start right off where we kind of left off basically and it's where the daughter of Lilith was talking about Angela Carter 
Thank you. Yeah. And it's just one of those things that, you know, before I go into my five hours of, of literature symposium of erotica. I can listen to five hours of it, <laughs> seriously. Um, yeah, well, you know, if the audience wants that, I can, I'm more than happy to provide that. Uh, now that we are on YouTube, maybe we can even do mm. some book recommendations. Where people can actually see us and they'll be like, these two bitches. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh. Carissa, but then they'll be like, but they're kind of hot. <laughs> Like, you know, it's like we said in the last, was it the last episode? No, was it in the WAP episode or one of the last porn episodes that we did where you said that there's, that people are either intrigued or repulsed by us. And I'm just yeah. like, well, there's a kind of thin line. Yeah, point. yeah, yeah. No, no. But I'm happy with repulsing people because that's just like a great way of like scanning without even putting effort. You know what I mean? It's like whoever dares to come here, by all means. Yeah, um, well, at least, hopefully at least they don't come fucking near us. Do you know what I mean? It's like in a way of just like, keep your distance, motherfuckers. It's all good. You don't have to like us. Let's just keep your distance. Social distancing. Um, pretty much. I've been socially distancing successfully since I was like five. So <laughs> great. Yeah. Um, so I was saying that Angela Carter, she was a British writer. Um, she, she had a pretty tragic life, I would say. But... She wrote a collection of fairy tales that we already know of, and she rewrites them with sex and women saving themselves and women giving themselves orgasms. And it's just a great book. And it's a it's a fantastic take on postmodernism. Mm -hmm. And I think that we are going through a very postmodern aspect of sexuality as well, because yeah. now we have a very prominent as we should, LGBTQIA community. Yeah. I think that we should have black women and Latina women come up and say, actually, sex is sometimes a bit different for us mm -hmm. than it is from our white sisters. Yeah, And that's absolutely fine. And I yeah. think that we're kind of going through a renaissance of sorts, uh, a deconstruction, let's say, mm -hmm. of sexuality. Mm -hmm. Very true. To make a very long story short, I'm pitching Angela Carter really hard here. Pitcher. Um, <laughs> the, the Tiger's Bride is another take of Beauty and the Beast. And I think Beauty and the Beast takes such a bad rep because they, they talk about him being like, it's a Stockholm Syndrome and, you know, like you're in love with your captor and whatever. Yeah. But the actual real story is that the Beast teaches Beauty how to love herself. Mm -hmm. And through that, he he helps her explore her own sexuality in her own time in her own skin yeah but the way that angela carter writes this is so beautiful and so erotic you're just like i don't know what i just read but i really like it <laughs> <laughs> i'm all up for that seriously it is and it's actually kind of and it's for younger audiences as well i would definitely teach this again in high school like mm -hmm. there's it's not it's not like teaching Justine from the Marquis de Sade. Like it's Marquis not, yeah, it's yeah. not, it's not that. It's not raunchy. It's proper. And it's the use of language is just so sexy. Yeah. I actually Highly recommend read, it, guys. I mean, yeah, seriously, I, you saying about the Marquis de Sade and reading Justine, when I went back to Martinique, on the way back, actually, we stopped over in France and we had like a 24-hour like layover thing. Yeah. And I actually got um, Justine. Like, cause my mom used to have so a, good. 
Yeah, and my mom actually had um, a copy of it back in the 80s, but she said she forgot it somewhere, and when she went back to get it, it was gone. And I was just like, oh, I need to get my, like, myself, like, a copy of, you know, Justine or Marquis de yeah. like, his stories and stuff like that. And I was reading it on the plane, and I was like, <laughs> what am I reading? What am I reading? And, you know, it's one of those books that, like, you're, you know, obviously, if I saw someone reading Justine, I would be like, oh, you're reading Justine, Marquis de Sade, you know, and stuff like that. But for other people who might not be as, you know, whatever, open-minded or whatnot, or maybe they don't know who Marquis de Sade is, so, you know. But I feel like they kind of look at you in a certain way. So it's kind of yeah. like I had to kind of push back, yeah. you know, <laughs> and read yeah, it in no, a way it, that the person next to me wasn't like, what the it, fuck? <laughs> it's definitely one of those books that if you see someone reading, you're kind of like, oh. <laughs> what so. are you into? <laughs> what What's are you your into? name? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. And do you want to um, go for a coffee? <laughs> like... And then maybe we can discuss books in my house. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe we can discuss how we're not going to be social distancing by the end of the day. So, uh, like, yeah. no. no, we will be two bodies together. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is what happens. This is this is like I was saying, love in the t love, right? Love, uh, love in the time of COVID nineteen. But it's the thing, though. Like, like we were talking about whether or not pornography serves a purpose or whatnot. Yeah. And I do think that we also have to branch out into. There was a really good definition from a judge. I don't remember the case. Let me see if I can find it in a second. But they, when they asked the judge, like, well, sir, like, what do you, you know, your honor, what do you understand by pornography? And he replied, I don't know how to define it, but I know when I see it. And I that thought that, that was familiar. I thought that was super interesting yeah. because for that matter, I've always posed the question, well, is pornography art? Mm -hmm. Could you argue pornography being art? Because it's not about nudity. We no. talked about this on the first episode. It's mm -hmm. not about nude pictures. It's not about nude sculptures. Mm -hmm. Because I don't look at Michelangelo's David and get turned on. Like, I'm not like, ooh, look at his willy. Like, I'm not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not, you admire how that was chiseled out of marble. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, exactly. it's just something else. And it's the same with other aspects of pornography. Like, why is it like you said so well yesterday when you were like it's you're losing aspects of your other senses like mm -hmm. it becomes an overstimulation visually yeah for those of us who are sight abled it mm -hmm. is visual yeah of course it is you know you can hear it it's auditory as mm -hmm. well for those yeah. of us who are hearing abled as well mm -hmm. but what happens to the rest like like i want to imagine things and i think that that's when books can play a really good sort of yeah even like supplement. even like audiobooks or even whether it be even podcasts like we said like mentioned like you know erotica like somebody reading it out to us mm -hmm. at least again then you know your other senses kind of kick in your imagination you start using imagination i feel like there's like i said yesterday that we're not using much our imagination yeah. anymore which is a shame um but saying that um and don't forget you guys that you can definitely like send in your questions to us we were actually planning we are actually planning eventually in the future sometime to <laughs> do this in live so that you guys would be able to send us your questions at the same time and we would be able to answer them because this is kind of like we're having a conversation and having coffee or breakfast and you know just talking about about things but i was yeah. putting <clears throat> excuse me jeez I mean, I was putting my... <laughs> I just, my God. 
Oh, um, I was putting my notes together um, today, and then I did like some more research. <laughs> and seriously, uh, prepared my ass. Anyway, like, <laughs> I wing it. This is what university taught me when we had to go up and seriously present things. And I was like, bullshit, bullshit your way through, Carissa. And just do it. Just Who cares? It. That's and Nobody. I used to tell people in my class beforehand, don't fucking ask me questions and I'll do the same like to you. <laughs> and that's how I got through like five years of university. <laughs> but that's not the point. So <laughs> um, my dad would be like, wow, I spent that much money for you to do what? Bullshit. That's well, what. you know, dad, great investment. <laughs> I learned the art of bullshitting um, somehow. But I actually found this really good article. Well, really good art. It's a really good article. Although there were some parts yeah. of it where I was a bit like, what the, why do we even have to mention his appearance? But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, and it was written by Claire Sasko back in 2018. And it's called, This Quaker Sex Ed Teacher Says Your Kids Need to Be More uh, Porn Literate. Yeah. Um, and his name is uh, Al Vernacchio. Vernacchio, yep. Yeah, and he's known for his TED Talks on sex education. And so I really loved, I wish there was this kind of sex education. Um, Leave it to the Quakers to do it, man. I know, seriously. Like, I just, when I was reading this, I was like, I want to be in his fucking classroom, you know what I mean? Yeah. But he, uh, yeah. basically his goal as an educator, it said the article, is to help students figure out exactly what sex means to them and provide them with the skills they, they need to na navigate healthy relationships and if they choose sex lives. Um, mm. So already his approach, the thing is what I loved is also, um, it's, a, it's a private school, this place, um, from kindergarten to, to, to year 12. And they were saying that parents don't have an issue with this class. Yeah. And his classes are always full, always full. And the parents are very open and very welcoming to have this kind of class. Um, so what it says also is that he teaches comprehensive sex ed, which in all honesty, when I look back at sex ed, not only in Catholic school, but after that, I'm thinking, God, there was so much lacking <laughs> in our sex ed. But he, um, so he discusses the full scope of issues surrounding sex. So STDs, pregnancy, um, porn literacy, consent, pleasure, LGBTQ yeah. plus and gender issues, sexting, which, okay, fair enough when we were in sex ed, Younger. there was no such yeah. thing as sex sexting because phones, <clears throat> you know, mobile phones, not everybody had them and whatever. And so, um, and anything else that tends to slip through the cracks when, you know, others do teach um, sex education. Um, and I really, I loved it because he does talk about consent. Hold on. <clears throat> oh my God, I'm losing my voice. <laughs> what is happening? It's probably because of Al Vecchio there. I'm just like, whew, okay. Um, Give me a smart man any day. And I do not care about what they look like. Well, Anyone who can carry a fucking conversation and is smart, it, I'm in. The like, thing is, it's, it's also that I'm he's in. such an engaging teacher. The way he teaches his oh. classes, he, he engages his students in this. It's... And they were saying also in the article that a lot of <clears throat> uh, students, and this is where he said it's a little bit, uh, his job gets difficult, is where there's a lot of students that feel comfortable coming up to him and talk to, to him about sexual abuse. Yeah. 
Um, and he says, this is where it's yeah. difficult, you know, my job as a teacher, you know. Um, but students feel comfortable and they go up to him and ask him anything and he has no mm -hmm. issue, you know, and parents don't have an issue about it. What I didn't like so much about the article is that they're, you know, they're, <laughs> they're commenting on his appearance. And I'm like, why is that even fucking important what the guy looks like? Do you know what I mean? It's interesting, though, because you know what? When you are, we talked about this in, in our second episode, I believe, when we were talking about, like, for some reason, women need to be more fuckable looking mm -hmm. than dudes. Mm -hmm. Like, any dude could, you know, you have grandpas, you know, fucking 18-year-olds, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, you have these really, and I hate to say it, not attractive men yeah. at all yeah. whatsoever yeah. getting their way and being abusive and horrible to extremely beautiful girls yeah. and i have seen enough porn mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> to have noticed that there are some beautiful girls that physically beautiful stunning mm -hmm. that could be models or could be you know whatever they wanted and um and they're important and you have to wonder how much is it that they want to yeah. and how much is it that they fell into that trap of well if you want to be an actress this is the, the gateway to do it's it it's like that it's like that docu-series we watched right on netflix yeah um and you know we watched on maybe tv and stuff like that where a lot of <laughs> these girls that were in this doc documentary um they answered an ad in craigslist yeah and it was you know they were they were young out of like high school you know and they were saying well it's a whole thing about money because if i'm going to start university for example i'm going to maybe have to get a waitressing job well that's not going to be enough to pay for anything yeah and so a lot of yeah. them are enticed by the money they can make as well i'm not saying that the other aspects of it aren't you know because maybe it's like a step to getting into acting or this or that whatever <laughs> you know, um, guys that yeah. put it under. But in the sense of, in that documentary, a lot of them was for the money. And they were saying, I make so much money, whereas if I work, I don't know, 50 hours a week at my local diner, I'm not going to even be making the half of this. No, it's obvious. And that's another thing. This is another advantage that I think porn has. Porn is an industry, mm -hmm. and it should pay really well. Yeah. It should. Yeah. There's no excuse. Like, if you get unions into that, yeah. you, I mean, it would be, who wouldn't be lining up to work in the porn industry? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, lucrative, you would have your rights, you're protected as a sex worker, yeah. and I think that sex work should be protected in all areas. Yeah. Prostitution, stripping, yeah. wh whatever, you should be protected. Yeah. The thing that attracts me, going back to uh, Vernacchio, is that it's a it's a private Quaker school mm. and he you know I think Quakers get a really bad rep mm. because they tend to people and this is when it kind of links to the religious conversation that yeah. we we're having yesterday right like the question of morality um I think people don't understand who the Quakers are yeah. and you know they seem that they see them as like this almost fundamentalist Christian group. Mm -hmm. And it's not actually the Quakers are the radical progressive thinkers. They are the ones that have told women that they can talk to God. They don't need a man yeah. to talk to God. Abortion is something that they are like, that's between the woman and her doctor. Yeah. They're the ones that are like, education is key for everything. Yeah. 
and they're very progressive in their views. And I would actually welcome everybody to read a little bit more on, on Quakers and their ideas of on sex education because we're, we're, I mean, Vernacu is great, yeah. but there are okay. other Quaker women who are also pushing forward the conversation of how to please yeah. wives, how to please each other. And it's not, and it's not shamed. And I think the Hasidic community um, in some Jewish sectors mm-hmm. are also trying to do that. I would be very interested to hear if there's Muslim women and men who are also proactively, it's something you know, advocating looking up actually. Yeah. Yeah, if you guys know, like if the audience knows anything about this, I am down for them to let us know where to look for this because I think it's fantastic that religious groups are trying to be positive about this and trying to be, you know, progressive. Like you don't have to just man doesn't lie on top of woman. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <mean>? Like, <laughs> although I did get a message saying, "Why do you hate missionaries so much?" And I was like, "Wait a fucking minute. I never said that I hated missionaries." Did somebody make Ever. like? Did somebody jump to a conclusion? <laughs> did they make an assumption? What happened? These I are don't the know. things I can't stand. Don't jump to conclusions and don't make assumptions. Like, wait, I was what? like, I never fucking said that. What? Like, there's nothing wrong with any sex position. Like, I have enjoyed them all. <laughs> <laughs> they all give me something. Ah, there you go. That's very true. Very true. <laughs> Why do you hate missionaries? So why the hell? First of all, what? I was like, what? <laughs> that, I didn't say that. Oh, <laughs> like, Lord, Lord, no. Lord. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> uh, people jumping to, to conclusions. Oh, fun. Oh, what can I say? Uh, yeah. But um... also, this guy has a class called his 12th grade sexuality and society class yes that's the class that that's is, the class that's full actually that's what um that is yeah top shit yeah that is something that i didn't see until college in my penultimate year because mm-hmm. i was taking gender and sexuality issues and i fucking loved that class like i was just like mesmerized at everything oh, that, that i was sounds being... like an amazing fucking class didn't have that in my university i know <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck but again but again, I'm in Massachusetts. Yeah. It's a very progressive, you know, not progressive in politics, but progressive in education. Yeah. And I was in the top teaching school and it was just kind of like, we're going to talk about gender and sexuality God issues. And I'm like, damn it. yes. I'm thinking of yes, like please. all the psychology classes I took and stuff like that and other classes. And I'm thinking this, that wasn't an option. There wasn't, it was that or international politics for me, obviously. And I'm just like, yay. <laughs> um... To wrap it up, um, I'm... Use a condom. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yes. Use a condom, kids, if you're having sex. Seriously. Please. Okay, can I just... I'm just gonna... Yes. I'm just gonna... Get PSA? Into... Uh, Go ahead. Let me tell you. Okay. <sighs> there are some things that grind my tits. Uh-huh. And, um, and many people I've had to just cut out of my life because of toxicity. And it's not to say, okay, they have different opinions. It, it's fine. Like we said, it's, it's obviously not everybody's going to have the same opinion as you and stuff like that. But there are certain things that really piss me the fuck off and they grind my fucking tits, basically. Um, one of the things, and this is from someone that I knew years ago. 
um, she already had two kids. All right. Mm -hmm. Marriage wasn't going well and stuff like that. Whatever. And then she got pregnant the third time. And she says to me, it was a mistake. And I'm just looking at her knowing full well. For me, don't say it was a mistake. Because, and yeah. it's, we, and especially in Cyprus, um, I have never lived in a country, for example, where people, I know about seven, eight people who have gotten abortions. I have never lived in a country where it's just really like, it's not that it's not an issue, because there's sex education here, especially in, in, in state schools, is shit, because there's no separation between church and state. So, yeah. you know, um, but anyway, um, but sorry for the ignorant question, Carissa, but is Cyprus Catholic? Is Cyprus... No, it's uh, Greek Orthodox. What is it? Greek it's Orthodox. Greek Orthodox. Okay. So there's no separation between, you know, church and state <clears throat> and um, whatever. Sex education is not the greatest, um, mm. but I haven't been to a state school, but I know people who have and stuff like that. So you have options here in Cyprus. All right. And I'm a firm believer. And this also goes for certain family members of mine also <laughs> that say, well, um, the condom broke. Oh, well, this was a mistake. Oh, well. And I'm just thinking, how old are you? If you are old enough to be or you consider yourself old enough to be engaging in sex, then you need to be educated with your options. Don't come at me yeah. with it was a mistake because I know full well and I knew that person's story full well to know that that was not a mistake and that there were alter mm. uh, ulterior motives to her yeah, falling yeah. pregnant. Don't tell me that you did not have access to contraception because you did. I'm not saying to people who don't, this is like a case where I knew the person very well. There are other people that I don't know their stories, don't know the background, whatever. I'm telling you this from... I knew because a lot of times she would pull me into um, relationship problems, her and her husband, you know, so I knew yeah. everything that was going on, even though I didn't want to a lot of the times. But to tell me that that's a mistake, first of all, how old are you? Second of all, you damn well know how children are made. You've been having sex for how many years? You don't know what options are available to you? There's no such, I mean, for me in that situation, that was not a mistake. You, you know, it's just, she didn't want to be honest with herself. And there's a lot, there's a lot yeah. of cases like that here in Cyprus and around the world where people believe that by having another child, it will save your marriage. Yeah, but that's my issue. And this is my issue with, with that. Sorry for cutting no, no, you. Um, it's, I don't think the reason why I am so passionately and fervently pro-choice mm -hmm. and i will even go as far as saying pro-abortion i am i am one of those people that yeah. will tell you i am pro-abortion mm -hmm. like if you don't feel like you can carry a child like you know carry a pregnancy full mm -hmm. term that's absolutely yeah. fine there's zero judgment yeah. here um my issue is is no actual child should ever be subjected to being brought to a family yeah that doesn't want yeah. them. 
no child should be brought into a situation of an abusive household. Yeah. I, I think children deserve better. And to me, children are genuinely, honestly, to me, children are the closest thing to yeah. God that we have. If I believed, in, if I tapped into my religious side, I'd be like, they're the closest thing that we yeah. have to God. Yeah. They are. Um, and, you know, when I hear these stories of, about women, because I know yeah. a few as well, that have kids thinking that that's going to mend yeah, the marriage. That's... And you're just like. <laughs> and the thing is, that's here, we get married very young. Also, it's again, yeah. this cultural thing of, you know, okay, again, the questions that come to me at 37 is, why aren't you married? Why don't you have kids? Those kind of questions where I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, For I sure. have been married. Let's not even talk about it. And it <laughs> let's not even get into Same. it. Like, yeah. Been married, been there, been done, there, that, done that, divorced. And all, divorced. <laughs> um, in all honesty, the, uh, oh my God, like seriously. Um, but yep. in the sense of don't, don't, I think it's it's within this this culture of the pressures of finding a partner um, and getting married very young. Normally, it's around the ages of 22, 23, that age range. So basically, you, you yeah. almost finish your studies and you're expected to marry, especially as a woman, you're expected to marry very early on um, and have a family very early on. Mediterranean culture, the more kids, the better. Although Cyprus is a bit below <laughs> that thing of, you yeah. know, we're kind of at the same with Italy where there are not too many um, births and everything here. But um, in the sense of, yeah, it just, it just, there are just certain things that grind my tits. I feel like we live in a, in a world where we're able to, and especially I'm not talking about other countries because there's certain countries, obviously it's something else, but here in Cyprus, here in Cyprus, it's the thing of where um, you're pressured to conform. Um, societal expectations. You need to get married by the age of 25. You should have your first child by the yeah. age of 26. You know, um, a lot of people now have about two children. Where are the times that you see people who have three children? It's not like the old times where it would be like five, six, seven, ten children, you know. Um, but mm. then with that story and another story also the same where people say it's a mistake or yeah I'm having this child and some are open about it I'm having this child in, to, to help save my marriage see that really upsets me and I know that it sounds really judgy and I'm gonna apologize wholeheartedly for sounding judgy and you can cut this part if you want to but it's just like I just don't think a child should be subjected to that I don't I, I really don't the reason like you said and this is again i think that this is the value of vernacular's class is that have fucking birth control access you know accessible to everyone like there are kids in communities who cannot even make it to yeah. school and this is in the united yeah. states like i'm not even talking about people people automatically think middle yeah. east yeah. africa and i'm like no 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 no, no. this is happening in yeah. texas this is happening yeah. in ohio this is happening in you know um, in Louisiana, Kentucky, like all yeah. these places, like, it's just, you cannot have a society that doesn't address sexual health. Like that doesn't work. You, you need, need to, to acknowledge yeah. that the reason why we're here yes. is because there was sex yeah. involved. Yeah. <laughs> and guess what? Most of the time it's, it's just... premarital sex. Just to put it out 
there because this whole thing again of yeah, yeah well the thing of your like my edu sex education in, in in Catholic school was you're not going to be doing it until you're married boom uh no what what and I remember a schoolmate of yeah. mine was saying but what if we don't wait until marriage and immediately mm -hmm. cut off by saying you will wait until marriage and that's it so like I said stumbling and fumbling along when I started having sex um I was educating myself I also was uh started having sex once I was in um in Geneva now Switzerland back in 2000 the morning after pill and abortions first of all that that morning after pill did not exist in Switzerland abortions you could not mm. get in Switzerland until I think 2000 and two ish 2003 ish so three ish that's ridiculously late had to go and get them in France and the same thing <sighs> with abortions anybody who wanted to get one would have to go to neighboring France Italy was a little bit different. We, I think we talked about it in an episode, yeah. Yeah. Where in Italy, again, the doctor has the right to say no because of his religious convictions. No, you will not have this abortion. What the fuck? So a lot of people- Then don't, then be, don't a be a doctor. That's what we were saying in the other episode. Um, so, you know, um, and it was late. But again, I was educating because I was thinking, shit, what if this, 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 and this happens to me? What if the condom breaks? what if you know what are my options living here okay yeah, fair enough yeah. it's a walking distance yeah. across the border to go into france but what are my options i started educating myself and i did have a few scares but by the time i started having a few scares the morning after pill was like you know introduced in switzerland i think that there's very rarely a woman that can say that they've never had a scare mm -hmm. you know what i mean i think we've mm -hmm. all been on that journey of absolute yeah. angst and i don't know i think it ties everything in just to like like you were saying like to wrap it up it's the fact that you know everything pornography like and i will repeat what i said yesterday it's just pornography is a very good snapshot of the of the shadows that we're trying to hide mm -hmm, in a society mm -hmm. i think that the fact that they are overtly showing the lack of consent, mm -hmm. the fact that they're overtly showing that, you know, women are just cum disposals, yeah. the fact that they're overtly showing that aggression is yeah. sexy. Um, I would, I really would like to invite the porn industry to kind of continue changing its yeah. tune. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if they have, I don't know what dark business goes on yeah. behind the scenes. And I, quite frankly, I think it's stuff from nightmares mm -hmm. and I don't want to hear it. Like, I don't yeah. want to know, right? But especially when it's linked to drugs and, you know, sex yeah. trade yeah. and whatever, I, I just don't. But I think that it could also be a very powerful tool to encourage people to talk about these things, to encourage people to, you know, really think carefully about what choices they want to make we by no means am i saying don't go out yeah. and have fun but have the healthiest fun that yeah. you can yeah. you know what i mean like do wear condoms and condoms yeah they're great for prevention of pregnancy also great for yeah. stis yes. <laughs> yes it's just okay so again we had a bit of an issue i don't know what the hell just happened mercury we got to plan this like next time where it's not going to fall on Mercury retrograde. So you were saying the daughter of Lilith before I had to completely stop you and tell you, I can't hear you. <laughs> like, I don't even, 
I think I was just asking pornography just to to invite them to be a little bit more proactive in the improvement of, you know, certain behaviors surrounding sex. I think that it, I, I want to link it to your idea of lack of imagination. It's just mm. getting really boring to go there and just be like, guy spreads woman's legs open because everybody's heterosexual mm. and he pumps her a few times and then he comes on her chest and yep. she's like, ooh, daddy, give it to me. Like, yeah. it gets really fucking old. Like, it, it really it gets old. And same narrative, just... same situation, same. It's just different actors, maybe, whatever, different, different settings, but it's the same old story. And it's right. like... And if you're going to have them talk, like, why don't you inject consent into it? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. why... Because my question then, my challenge is, well, if you don't want to because that's a turnoff, then you are profiting from aggression. You are promoting violence. Yeah. And yeah. I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt that that's not what you want to do. Yeah. And it shouldn't um, be a niche. It should be in all pornography, yeah, in yeah. all types of BDSM. Are you okay with me doing this to you? And I think that there are some BDSM ones that I'm actually quite a fan of. Not even gonna lie. <laughs> Where at the beginning, it's like they kind of explain to the person what is going to happen, and mm -hmm. you know, then they film it from afar. They're like, "This is gonna be my safe word," and this is gonna be my safe word. You don't hear yeah. the, the what the word is, but um, there have there were times when the person, I think that the woman was feeling a bit uncomfortable, and she said the safe word, and yeah. you actually saw the camera stop filming. Yeah. And then they would start again. And then at the end, they kind of explain like what happened. It was kind of like a great, if I find it, I'm going to send it to you because it wasn't even me like trying to have a sexy time with myself. It was just kind of like, I want to see how this is carried out. And they did have that, but it's not the norm. And I want it to be the norm. The norm. I think we need to, to, to actually just say that again, pornography cannot replace sex ed because it yeah. doesn't teach you a lot of the things that we should be taught in sex ed. Um, should there be classes like porn literacy? Absolutely, because yeah. like we said in previous episodes, it's at our fingertips in the sense of you just have to, you don't have to go to a blockbuster, rest in peace, Oh, rest in peace, blockbuster. Loved you, <laughs> oh my God. Memories, you know, of blockbuster. You don't have to go and talk to someone and explain to them what you're looking for in you know your porn anymore you just have it at your fingertips you go online you you know use your phone you use your computer you have it there so it's and children are exposed to it from a younger and younger age uh so some children even much younger than when we started watching porn um so but again porn doesn't teach you like we said consent yeah you yeah. know and it's there's and also again yesterday you made a point of once uh the aids uh, pandemic started and everything that porn started using condoms and there was a rise in condom usage you yeah. know amidst this pandemic at the time 30 years ago more yeah. than 30 years ago um, and so um, so yes that was a positive that, there, there it is like it's positive but it cannot replace sex education no and, a lot and it should porn, never replace it no um, but it should be part of sex education we yeah. should like explain to our children and when i say children i mean well it's very like depending on people it should just whatever. educate just people, people. Yeah, just educate people get into porn literacy explaining sexual health 
Do you have anything else to add to that, the daughter of Lilith? No, I think that this has been a wonderful, you know, journey. And I think that I, I like the fact that it has encouraged conversations and that it has made people sort of take a step back at their porn use. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest things that I got on Twitter was a guy saying, you know what, I'm going to apply the, if it's, if it feels dodgy, I'm not clicking on exactly. that. And exactly. I think that that's fantastic. Um, and also, you know, the financial compensations of being a porn actor, mm-hmm. even if it's amateur, it's quick cash. And when you have a pandemic, like, you know, COVID that has killed so many jobs, it's, I can understand why people gravitate to that. I would just check the fine print. It's also the thing to cut you off there, like, sorry to cut you off, but in the sense of because filming is very difficult now and everything apart, like from amateur porn where you can just whatever quickly set up. That's why a lot of people decided to start OnlyFans. Yeah. You know, as a way, you know, to make up for, you know, especially because it started with like actors, porn actors that started using OnlyFans because Mm -hmm. they weren't able to film anymore. You know, and then everybody kind yeah. of got into OnlyFans, you know, um, as a way to make money. And you can. You can make some serious and, money. And I think it's great. And that's the thing. I, I congratulate anybody who, who – I commend people who use sex as a financial tool. I mm-hmm. think that sex is profitable. I think that sex is – I do think that there's a difference between having sex with your partner uh-huh. that you have feelings for, yeah. that you love, yeah. versus – sex for a movie or sex for you know whatever um and i also wouldn't just blame the industry of pornography itself hollywood has a lot to do with this uh marketing campaigns have a lot to do with it of course um so it's just kind of like uh rashida jones said it so well it's like the pornification yeah yeah yeah. a society we definitely live in a pornified society like we said in previous episodes it's everywhere and it's subtle it's subtle sometimes sometimes it's really in your face but it's kind of normalized. Yeah. We've kind of normalized it. But that's my thing. It's like if we're going to normalize one end, yeah. then we need to normalize sex health yeah. and education. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. That is my wrapping up idea. That is my condom on top of this. There we go. Podcast. Seriously, <laughs> it has been such an honor and a pleasure. We're obviously going so to much. do so many more other things in the future. But that wraps up our porn episodes. Not to say that we won't have here and there. Other things where we're just like, hey, why don't we start like talking about this? And like, you know, but it was a pleasure. Um, All the like articles and our research and whatever, we're going to put links up on social media. Um, The daughter of Lilith, where can we find you? Please find me at the handle on Twitter at the daughter of Lilith, Miss Lily too. And on YouTube, uh, also the daughter of Lilith. Instagram, the daughter of Lilith. And obviously my blog, which is a little bit more personal and it just reflects on uh, personal uh, experiences. It's not necessarily linked to magic and sex and Lilith. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'll be putting all that information in the show notes so you guys, wherever you like listen to the pod- to your podcasts and to this podcast, you'll be able to check out the links to everything. And with all that being said, thank you, you Muchísimas guys. gracias. Thank you so much, you guys, for joining us on this journey. And there's so, so much more to come. So thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Wow.